Welcome to Wild Quincy, a podcast that looks into the little-known and forgotten past of Quincy, Illinois. It's a subject that we don't want to talk about, but it's something that is inevitable. In our first What If episode, we answer the dying question, what if I want to be buried at Woodland Cemetery? That coming up next here on Wild Quincy. Now, here's your host, Chris Ketters and Travis Hoffman. Back here on Wild Quincy, Travis, man, this is going to be one of those episodes that is packed with information, and uh, we're talking about a new category, but we'll get into that in a minute. First of all, how you doing, man? We have a new dog in our house, so things are yeah. a little awry. You'll, you'll probably hear weird little dog sounds occasionally on future episodes and Patreon episodes. It's a chill dog, but he's he's a puppy, and uh, and you never know <laughs> what you're gonna get. So uh, you might be hearing hearing an old puppy dog. You came out of the gates saying we got a new producer, and I went, "Really? Who's gonna be helping us produce?" And then you're like, "Yeah, it's the guy sitting at my feet." And I'm like, "Uh, okay." <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, oh, it's a dog. It, com- it oh, came okay. together very quickly. <laughs> so so yeah, we we are adjusting to two cats already here in the house and. Uh, a puppy. So you can imagine the, the little bit of craziness that's, that's going on, but it's all good. It's always good to add an extra member to the household. Speaking of adding members to the household, how do you like that segue, Travis? Boy. Let's talk about our new Patreon members. Let's do that. Who do we got, Chris? Uh, one of my uh, former students, uh, Matt uh, Brogdon, is on uh, as a Patreon member. He actually went to a step above, and he is at the new level uh, that we have that says, the hostess will seat you. You know, we have Boy. the Jeff Special and the Kelly Salad Bar, and this is the the upper echelon of the Patreon membership. Matt, he has definitely raised the bar, and, and thank you so much, Matthew. We appreciate the support. You're a, you're a officer and a gentleman. No, wait, you're a scholar and a, a the gentleman all the scholar. above That's, all the above maybe you're an officer i don't know yeah. <laughs> yeah so we appreciate that uh and you can be a patreon member as well just head to our patreon page we'll have details about that coming up in a few uh, minutes but uh we're also making some changes on patreon as well travis looking at adding uh making some changes for some of our upper levels so the uh, kelly salad bar level and for that uh new level that we have uh, we are actually uh, going to be taking the discord channel down because nobody really ever uses it and we're switching over to something kind of cool do you want to fill them in on it yeah it's we thought it'd be cool to kind of have a centralist area for all our research that we do and uh it's it's utilizing the uh the slack medium some people may be familiar with it it's a real great way to kind of get a lot of data together and different kind of organized by different topics um but what's really interesting is we've had a few people reach out over the past month or two asking if, if, if we would need any help on a research level. And Chris and I talked about it. We didn't really have a good way to get there. But as we started talking about this potential Slack opportunity, we thought, okay, well, this may be steps to do it. We're ironing out some of the details. But if, if you are interested in potentially helping out from a research standpoint, Please let us know at uh, wildquincy at gmail.com. And once we get everything worked out and all the details figured out, we'll be in touch. And uh, 
you know, I think it's it's a cool way to we 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 appreciate the help, and if you want to kind of be part of Wild Quincy at a deeper a deeper level, we'd love to have you. So this is going to be a kind of a two level thing because we'll have uh, we're obviously looking for those people that are interested in helping out and helping uh, love doing research. Uh, we'll make you a part of uh, our research core, and the way we kind of see it, and the way I kind of see it is that we'll uh, we'll have we have show ideas. Uh, we've told you guys this uh, uh, tons of times is that we probably have another. Uh, 80 or 100 show ideas of different things in the history of Quincy, but uh, it takes a lot of time, and a lot of research. So uh, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to pretty you know put up a few of the different episodes that we have ideas for, and then just uh, if you guys have something you want to be part of the research core, you can jump on there, and if you see something that interests you, uh, you can uh, start you know, researching it. And if we get enough uh, research to work with, we'll uh, see if we can make an episode out of it. Now on the flip side, uh, for their Patreon members, you guys are going to get to kind of see the, the back access area, uh, get to see where all the, yeah. all the, all the, all the uh, sausage is made, if you will. All the little weird sausage parts that went into the casing. <laughs> right. Uh, you might regret that. <laughs> you might, but it kind of gives you kind of a backdoor access to see not only like uh, what the research is, but also like where we're going in our episodes because it's going to give you kind of a hint of the direction that we're going in uh, future episodes of your favorite new podcast so we're looking forward to that be on the lookout for that if you're a patreon member already be on the look on out for that if you're not and you want to check it out that's going to be one of those options as well so we're excited about that and we'll have more details coming up in the weeks to come but travis i think it's time for a question of the day i'm ready for it what do you got up your sleeve this week so we're going to go back a little bit in the archives and we're going to okay, uh, luck, luckily for you it's a it's a multiple choice question so <laughs> well so that good. doesn't mean it's going to help me much <laughs> but i appreciate the sentiment uh no problem so here's the question of the day what year was the first mayor elected in quincy Mm. Give you some dates. Mm. 1830, 1835, 1840, or 1845. Again, the question this. What year was the first mayor elected in Quincy? Okie doke. We'll see. Yeah, we'll take a look at that and get the answer to that question at the end of this episode. But it's time to jump into a new category here on Wild Quincy. We're going to go into the what if category. And the question is this. What if I want to be buried at Woodland Cemetery. We'll have the details for that coming up here after this on Wild Quincy. Here's what you missed on the latest After Hours episode of Wild Quincy. One of the ingredients was five pounds of oxtails, Chris. Uh, <laughs> you get oxtail at the grocery store. Can you really? Yeah. Where do you shop? <laughs> the same place you do. But have you had yeah. marrow balls? <laughs> no, evidently not. Well, I mean, I hear there's an ointment that'll clear that right up. <laughs> Our After Hours episodes are available exclusively for Patreon members by going to patreon.com slash wildquincy. For just a couple dollars a month, not only will you double the amount of Wild Quincy episodes at your fingertips, but you'll also be supporting our efforts as we continue to dive into the wild and crazy history of our favorite town. Also, as a Patreon member, you can take part in our live events and Patreon-only outings, as well as having access to our regular episodes two days before they are released to the public. It's easy. Just head to patreon.com slash wildquincy. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash wildquincy and become a wild thing today. Hi, this is Sully. Let's get back to Chris and Travis on Wild Quincy. (laughs) 
right, Travis, it's time to dig into a new category. We've uh, been three seasons in, or we are three seasons in uh, to this podcast. Are, I'm excited about this. Are you excited about this? Uh, I was going to try and think of something witty, but nothing was there. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm on the edge of my seat. Let's, let's, talk, so let's get into this. <laughs> Yeah, so we are talking about what if you wanted to be buried at Woodland Cemetery. And and let's first of all get into the 10,000-foot view of this discussion, and that is how did this come about? The reason that came about was because I honestly spent a lot of time at Woodland Cemetery with ghost hunting and and just being there to check things out. I mean, it's if you've been there, you know it's an amazing cemetery. It's got headstones it's got uh, mausoleums it's got so many unique things that you don't see anywhere else in our area uh, so it's obviously a cool place to check out however uh, one of the times i was there uh, i found this really nice spot and i was like oh my gosh how great of a location would this be to be buried at you got a view of this the river uh, you got this nice bluff that you're on and so that got me to thinking how do I go about doing that? And so here we are a few years later having a discussion about what if I want to be buried at Woodland Cemetery? Well, technically, wouldn't you want to like see if there's any blockage of the sky from the trees? I mean, let's get realistic. True. Here. Yeah. I, I look for that when we're looking for land, like property to purchase. And that's like, okay, can I see the southeast view for when storms are coming in? Oh, <laughs> there it is. There it is. By the way, the spot at Woodland, it does have a good southeast, well, then you're, southwest view. Excuse me. You're all set in your internal resting place then. So a way we're going to do this is literally the process of how, we, how we're doing it and, and explaining yeah. how we went through all this. Uh, but we were first want to start with... The concept of Woodland Cemetery. We've talked about it a ton on this podcast, but we want to dig into a little bit more of the details. We already told you that we found information that says that over 60,000 people are buried at Woodland Cemetery. I still have so much trouble wrapping my head around that. It doesn't seem possible. That's bigger than the population of Quincy right now. Man. That's crazy. It seems like uh, we don't have a, uh, a a set in stone year, no pun intended, <laughs> of uh, of what year exactly Woodland Cemetery started. However, it was established between 1825 and sometime in the 1840s. I did come across one article that uh, did say that uh, the cemetery was laid out in 1846 by Wood when he was mayor of the city. However... Other reports are saying it may have been earlier than that. So either way, you're looking that, I mean, what, I'm not real good at math, but we're looking at 195 years, 190 years that it's been a cemetery in the Quincy area. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't the first, but it's definitely been the most prominent, it feels like. A couple of notable things. Obviously, it's a very hilly terrain, but uh, not really much has changed since that uh, since it was first founded, if you will, in the 1840s. It's pretty much exactly the same as it was then. A couple of little highlights to give you, Travis. There was 400 citizens of the Quincy area that were buried there during the cholera outbreak. Yeah, I, I think there's probably more than than people actually know. I think it was kind of part of the practice for the poor to sneak in and try and bury their dead in the cover of night, kind of unlicensed or unsanctioned. Terrible time that you'd have to resort to something like that. But yeah, 
tough time. Definitely. Another big number of people that were buried during a certain time period is something we just talked about a couple episodes ago, and that is the Civil War. Up to and possibly over 400 of the soldiers, actually they're given a number of 390 bodies of soldiers from the Civil War, were buried at Woodland Cemetery. And as you might know, there's another cemetery. It's a national cemetery, a military cemetery that is on the uh, east side of town on Main Street, and that's uh, Graceland Cemetery. Uh, did you know, Travis, and you know I'm saying this, you know, because I know you already know, <laughs> but um, do you, you realize that the bodies that were at Woodland, the government said they decided they wanted to move them to the National Cemetery, and so those bodies of those Civil War soldiers were originally at Woodland and got moved to Graceland Cemetery. Yeah, that's what. What do you? Let me break in there. How do you feel about that kind of thing, Chris? Uh, depends on what hat you want me to put on at this point in time, Travis. <laughs> I always, and I think about, that's a good instance, and I also think a lot about Madison Park that used to be a cemetery, mm-hmm. and all, the well, the majority, let's be honest, of bodies were moved to Woodland at that time, but it was, it seemed like such a loosey-goosey decision of like, we're kind of tired of this cemetery being right here, let's just move it. It's like, boy, mm-hmm. that's, I guess it was a really old cemetery, and it's just like, man, can you just do that? Can you do that today? Sure. Yeah, you can. Um, when and we're going to be talking with somebody just a few minutes uh, about funeral stuff. And um, the when I had the first conversation with him, uh, they he's been in situations before where he's actually had to unintern. Wow. Uh, if that's the right word, and and move him to a different cemetery. That's wild. Uh, so it does it does happen in today's world. However, Travis, uh, and this is coming from an article again. Uh, the Historical Society of Quincy, they're amazing. Uh, yep. If you want to be a member of them, I would highly recommend it. They always have some great articles by their historians. This one I already is already am Chris. Being- yeah, well, I, I, I'm talking about everybody else listening. Uh, so yeah, this dates it. back to 2012 by Reg Akram. And uh, this is, uh, article is called Citizen Wood in His Woodland Cemetery. However, there's an interesting little tidbit of information that goes with the movement of the Civil War soldiers. And I'm just going to read it here. It says, the National Cemetery, talking about the one out at Graceland, uh, says that the War Department in 1900 ordered the removal of 390 bodies of soldiers from Woodland, a national military cemetery since 1861, to Graceland Cemetery after the hillside along Jefferson washed out once again, exposing remains of veterans who had rest had been pitifully disgraced or disturbed during heavy rains. Well, that changes things a bit then. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you're you're literally getting washed out of your cemetery. Then I think that was definitely the honorable thing to do to to relocate those. This is totally off the wall, but it's something I think we need to look into. Um, and I think I already know the answer, so I'll go ahead and explain it to you. There is a section in the cemetery. It's it's pretty far back, and it's kind of in a little valley area. But there is a section just for nursing home patients. Yeah. Are you familiar with that? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, so is that just normal nursing home patients that have been there or that died and um, were buried there, or is there something special to that? They, the, I think the, I won't say joke, but I think it's often referred to as the choir of the the old person's home. I forget exactly. I was just in there not too long ago, and I happened to stop by there. Um, but I, I think that's essentially what it was. Is uh, maybe of like an, you know, they don't really use the term anymore, but like the old folks' home, you know, like a nursing mm-hmm. home. 
Uh, but I, I, boy, I don't, I don't want to claim to be the expert on that. But it definitely <laughs> sticks out, doesn't it? I mean, just it's a very yeah. dramatic on that hill. It's very structured. Yeah, it's very structured. Like, like it was like put all together one time. Well, it looks like if you were to look at a choir on risers. I mean, it definitely has that that vibe. So I think that's where the the, the joke kind of reference comes along. Quick side note on that. Uh, one of the times where we were doing a Grizzleween in there, uh, and there's audio evidence, and we'll put that on Patreon. Ooh. We'll put that on our Patreon episode. But I had a cat. I was sitting on there. There's a little uh, concrete, or I guess it would be a stone wall, or yeah. retaining wall. I was sitting on that retaining wall, and I had a cat literally run up right behind me. Um, <laughs> That'll wake you up. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, there may have been some screaming. Um, not sure about the age of the screams that you might have It was heard. surely a 12-year-old girl and not, not emanating from you, right? <laughs> right. I mean, there, I don't know what she was doing there that late. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll throw that on the Patreon side for you okay, uh, okay. to listen to next uh, when we have that next next week but so that's a little bit of the history again there is a ton a ton of people that are buried in there but a couple other things i want to talk about some of the famous people that are buried in there of course where to start there is a ton so let's see we've already talked and the funny thing is we've talked about a lot of these people you know i was just thinking about that of all the people that we've talked about in different you know crime episodes and every in future episodes too and just thinking, kind of doing a mental Rolodex of all the ones that I know, you know, that's their final resting place. What do you got on, on the short list, Chris? Let me do the list. I'll just do this list, and I got a couple extra I'll throw yeah. on there, too. And then if you anything pops out, let me know. Of course, probably should start with John Wood. Yeah. Uh, that's a good one to start with. John Tilson, uh, William Alexander Richardson, Isaac Newton Morris, James Morgan, Martin Hawkins, James Montgomery Glover, Charles Turner, Daisy, John Cox, Orville Hickman Browning, and George Anderson are on the list. I also want to throw out that there is a family by the name of Fanschmidt that is also at the front of that mm-hmm. cemetery as well. We'll definitely be talking about yeah. that. So uh, anybody else that's come to your mind at Woodland? But, uh, yeah, uh, let's see, just to name a few. I mean, you have George Metz with the Villa Catherine lore, who we'll, we'll talk about in the future as well. Lot, lots of stories there. Uh, Sarah Atwater Denman, um, kind of big on the women's suffrage movements. Yeah, just, you know, all these, like, the people that built Quincy, you know, like this, all the stone and, like, the, the liquor distributors. Um, you know, there's the Friends of Woodland Cemetery has a nice pamphlet that, that it's probably a digital download now that has a nice little walking tour. And I've, I've done that several times and I'm looking to do that again soon. And, Part of it is just interesting, interesting stones mm-hmm. there, and part of it is the interesting people, and just a little bit of the lore too. And it's a really great way to spend a you know a nice day, a nice fall day or spring day. It's just kind of getting getting lost in history. There. It's one of the few cemeteries. There's a lot of cemeteries, and I mean, uh, there's a ton of all the cemeteries in the Quincy area are really nice. But there's something special about Woodland. It's because oh, you yeah. never know what you're going to see when you go around the next corner at Woodland. You always notice something. And and sometimes I'll I'll intentionally drive different routes just so I my my sight line is different. Cuz it I don't know how many times Chris if I'm if I have 20 30 minutes to kill, if I'm you know running a kid somewhere I'll just zip into Woodland Cemetery and then literally just totally creep around the dead people. <laughs> but I love it because I'm always just kind of perusing the names and kind of you know making some mental connections. And usually I have a repertoire of different people I've thought about during research for wild Quincy things. 
And it's interesting, the, the more and more, you know, names start ringing bells. And uh, it's just wild to think that that is really, I mean, the final resting place of, you know, of, of the heart of Quincy. Oh, so, Travis, that is a look at some of the uh, history and some of the uh, famous people that are there. But let's get back to the question at hand. And that has to do about our what if question. And what if I want to be buried at Woodland Cemetery? So, again, going through our process, we kind of explained this in the last episode, is that we were just going to do it like if we were going to be just making some conversation and and trying to actually give you the process and and the the pathway of how this is going to get done and how we go about it. And so we started with the idea of let's, let's contact the cemetery and talk to them. And, and so that was the original thought, but then Travis and I, as we were researching this, we started having more questions like, well, what about the mausoleum? And what if I want to use a a private mausoleum or build a mausoleum or a, a crypt or something like that? So then that opened up a whole nother rabbit hole, if you will, of questions again, Definitely no pun intended in that. But uh, so we decided that maybe the best place to start would be is where you would start if you were trying to do preparations for a funeral. So who better to start with than somebody that knows that? So we talked to none other than Will Spear about those questions that we have. And we had the opportunity to talk to him. And here it is right now. Here with uh, Will Spears of Hanson Spear. And Will, uh, thanks for coming on first. You're welcome. I'm glad to be here. So before we get started, let's talk about your guys' business. I heard a rumor that you're not the first generation for Hanson Spear. Is that correct? No, I'm I'm the fourth generation. So my great-grandparents started the funeral home in 1929. And, uh, you know, and it was kind of interesting, my great great-grandfather actually got tuberculosis in 1930 and so my great-grandmother's the one that kept the business going while he was quarantined for a year and most people think they had an embalmer from the Menden area and they thought that he did ran the business but it was actually you know in 1930 my great-grandmother that kind of kept the business going in that in its infancy so it's been a staple in in the Quincy community for almost 100 years then yeah 90 years was in 2019 so yeah we're closing in on 100 what we're going to talk about and we've kind of already kind of prefaced this already is we've we've started talking about getting buried at Woodland and 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 we've been telling people the process of how we even go about doing this episode because it's a what if you would be buried at Woodland Cemetery but Will I was talking to you on the phone and uh, ended up turning into much more than that and so uh, I kind of want to kind of want to talk about some of that stuff that we talked about earlier and the first thing I'm going to talk about let's talk about Woodland and let's just say I'm I'm in the process of making preparations for a funeral and a burial, and I want to be buried buried at Woodland. What's the process look like when I come in and talk to you guys? So if you know that that's where you want to be buried, we would start the conversation. You know, if you don't have graves, then we would talk to the cemetery. We uh, often will go out with a family to the cemetery. Um, you know, there are some areas I know that graves are available. And I can kind of direct you there and show you that, you know, we also check, you know, with Eric at the cemetery and he can guide us to any spots that are available because there are some that are overlooking the river and others aren't as, you know, right on the river there. But we help with families often with that. And so when you come in and visit with us and you know that's where you want to go, we'll, we'll offer to, to help one call Eric, set up a time, we'll go out with you. Some families want to want to go out on their own, but a lot like to go out with us and kind of have a show them 
the cemetery if they you know have a, a familiarity but you might have driven through or been there on a funeral but not not know it as well we can kind of go through the cemetery with you and kind of show you some of the spots where we know that there are graves available and so let's let's go to the next step of that say that i've been out to woodland and, and like for me personally i've i've spent a lot of time in that cemetery and i found a couple spots like man this would be an amazing spot to to get uh, to be buried at if i get in that situation i find this amazing spot is it possible that i could could talk to somebody about getting there yes and then you know then if you find a spot and there are graves in that area you would actually purchase the graves through the cemetery they would write up sort of the deed for your graves and help you buy them and secure however many you want in that spot so it's you know it's not a not a hard process but most of us aren't doing this very many times in our lives so that not that you know you know really what to do and that's why a lot of people will ask us and we go out with them to do that so obviously woodland is such a unique cemetery and you have you know your traditional in-ground burials you have these family plots which we'll come back to in a few minutes but they have this amazing huge marbled building that is the mausoleum in quincy or woodland cemetery and is there spots still available in the mausoleum that you're aware of to my knowledge there are not there are some crypts that don't have very you know have entombments in them or have caskets in them but but i don't believe any are available for purchase at this time so the most of those are already owned by a family maybe from generations ago and if there was one you'd have to buy it from somebody that already owned it really okay so there could potentially be uh, like a family that hasn't used it and maybe they would have one available but but for just buying one from the cemetery it doesn't sound like that's that's happening right that's that hasn't been available for some time Another thing uh, that is interesting with Woodland Cemetery comes down to not only do you have this amazing public mausoleum, but you have these private mausoleums too, which is, uh, I would assume, first of all, is these private mausoleums a unique thing to Woodland? Is there any other cemeteries in Quincy that offer anything like that? Not in Quincy. There aren't any other uh, private mausoleums that I've seen, but you know, the one right on Fifth Street, the like the Rogers Mausoleum is, is I remember when we would go to Stips as a kid over on 6th Street, we would walk down at lunch and, and walk up by the mausoleum. And I don't know if other families' kids walked to the cemetery when they were bored, but, but that's what we did. And uh, But but no, I mean... It, I yeah. still do it, Will. I still do it. I mean, it, yeah. that's pretty unique. I always thought that that, was, that family mausoleum was one of the coolest things because you, you don't see that. I mean, you see above-ground mausoleums. I've seen them in, in cemeteries in other areas, where a family had a mausoleum, but they're not that frequent. And then unless you get to somewhere like, like New Orleans, where they do the above ground crypts and, you know, all through the cemetery, it's just not something you see in our area. So let's go to the next step. My, my, uh, I don't want to say too much, but I'll go ahead and say this. My wife doesn't want to be buried in the ground. She wants to be buried above the ground. So let's just say, man, those, those, private mausoleums look pretty cool is it still possible that i if i really tried could i get a private mausoleum in woodland cemetery still as long as there's enough space from the cemetery in in one spot that you could buy the the property and and talk to them i mean obviously they're willing to do some things that other cemeteries aren't necessarily you know a lot of cemeteries have rules where they only allow certain types of stones or they don't allow other types of monuments or, or large monuments and woodland has a lot of that historically. So they tend to be, in my opinion, more flexible about working with families that want to do something 
special like that. And in my deep dive uh, of trying to learn about some of this stuff, I, I'm a complete novice when it comes to burials and things like that. I, I came across a website that, like with different types of burials just in general. And we've already talked about like the in-ground and, and community mausoleum. Uh, you kind of mentioned this already, but give us what exactly is a lawn crypt? In a mausoleum, each of the spaces are called a crypt. If it's for a casket, okay. it's called a crypt. If it's for an urn, it's normally called a niche. But the mm. the lawn crypts, and you, you see those some places. There is one out at Woodland down by 5th and Jefferson, just you know west of the bandstand. There's a, like on a single grave, two or three tiered tall private crypt. So it would fit two or three caskets. And, you know, right. that's yeah. that's not also not something you see very often in our area. But, no. but there is one that, that's gone up in the last few years out there. And I know there are companies that, that sell and will do like a two crypt, you know, they call it, some places still call it a mausoleum vertical crypt, but it's just, you know, for two burials really above ground, right on that grave that you own. Now on that summit, and because they're, when you get buried, you're, on, you're with those crypts, you're on top of each other. Do they do underground or in ground where you get buried on top of each other too? Or is, is that more, more rare? That um, some places have that, um, you know, uh, Quincy Memorial Park out across from Broadway has a section that has double depth burial. And that was something though, all of that's kind of been pre-installed where they excavated and put concrete liners in the ground. So the first burial would go to the bottom and then there's a, a shelf in between and then a, the second burial. So, th but that's not as common just because of, of the logistics of digging the grave and burying with a vault. A cemetery would almost have to kind of pre- plan that and put that in before before they would offer burials typically okay okay makes sense all right so we talked about in crown and now we talked about some of these crypts obviously there's a lot of people out there that are thinking that uh, uh cremation's the way to go is it, are you seeing cremations in quincy and, and if so what is there i mean what's the typical land if somebody comes in and says i want to be cremated how does that process work well it, it there are almost more options with cremation which i think a lot of people don't realize because you can do everything you would on a traditional service and then be cremated. So, you know, some people want a cremation and they have no services. Some people be cremated and have a memorial service where there's not a body present. And then some people will use their own casket or a rental casket where the body's present and you could be cremated after visitation. And then we bury the urn the next day, or we have the visitation in the service with the body present and cremate after the service. And then some people will bury the ashes. Some will take them home, some scatter or plant them with a tree. So there are almost more variables because there are so many different options that you can do with the ashes after the, the cremations happened. Well, I'm, I'm curious from, from your perspective, you know, in funeral direction, was there a, like an evolution? When did, when did so many options start kind of coming about? Was, is that relatively recent or is that kind of Time frame wise, what are we looking at? Here? Well, I mean, cremation's been around for a long time. You know, it's become more popular. You know, we've always had the ability to cremate after having embalming and having a viewing and that. But I think people weren't educated and didn't know their options. I mean, I've I've had experiences where someone passed away and and I'm out at the house talking to them and and you know they were conflicted because you know his wife wanted to be cremated and he wants to be buried, but but, you know, so his his challenge was that he wasn't going to get to see her again. They said, well, we could have a viewing before the cremation. 
and they had no clue. Right. I mean, and that, so that, I mean, that was kind of, that's what he wanted. He just didn't know it was available. But if, huh. if you don't tell people that, if, you know, if, right. if, I mean, my job is as a funeral director is when I'm making arrangements with you is to give you those options, because if you don't know that that's an option and that's something that is going to, you know, make everyone in the family happy because they get to see, see and have that. But, but you're also honoring the wishes of, of having the cremation. I think part of that is kind of the education, you know, people weren't told about it, so they didn't know about it. Um, You know, so I think that that's kind of on and the industry as a whole has gotten a little bit better about talking to people about those things and letting people know that there are more options out there than just you're just going to cremate and you don't have an option to see somebody beforehand. And speaking of those more options, another one that I, I think, and maybe you and Travis, this leans into what you were asking a little bit more, is uh, this thing called natural burial. Right. The natural burial, the green burials. Um, we've we've done some of the, you know, my dad has had done some of those before I came back 15 years ago, but it was certain families that wanted it done a certain way and they wanted to, to try to make it as green as possible or, and and be as, as natural as possible. Um, we have a, a large selection of, you know, sustainably grown and green urns from things that are made from wool to bamboo to, to ink Himalayan salt to terracotta and clay. Wow. I mean, so there's a lot of different options there. And then there's, we also have two caskets in our display room. One's a, a coffin, actually. It's a bamboo coffin. And the other is a seagrass casket. It's uh, wicker and seagrass. It's got a, you know, natural cotton lining and interior. The question for that for people is we don't have a cemetery that's a green cemetery in Quincy. So a lot of times if you're looking for like a completely natural or green cemetery, they're not going to have traditional markers like you see when you go to the cemetery. They're going to let it go back to the earth. So you'll have, you know, some of them might have an option for like a natural rock to be a marker. And I know that there's one in Columbia, Missouri, and there's one over in the Springfield area. But, um, you know, and we've had some families that we look into that for them. The cemeteries in Quincy all require a minimum uh, outer barrel container of a concrete box just because they use heavy equipment. It keeps the appearance of the cemetery nice. It's, the grave isn't going to collapse in, you know, all of that. But Burton Cemetery, you know, does not have that requirement. And so if someone wanted to to find a place that they didn't even have to use just a concrete liner even for the burial, you can actually go and put the casket directly into the ground there. Wow. And so, so, you know, we, then that again came out because someone asked and we kind of called around and checked on who would, who would allow something like that. That's something I don't think, I mean, I wasn't aware of that till we were talking just recently that, that, uh, that that's even an option. I figured, you know, you'd have to be going to like a St. Louis or Chicago or some big town that would have, you know, a niche like that. But yeah, it's kind of neat that you kind of have a, sounds like what somewhat of a, somewhat of a natural burial. That's an option in just here in the area, which is really neat. But I do want to ask you, uh, we did talk about the natural burial and talking about that, but let's get back to, uh, real quick, uh, kind of a two-parter here for you, uh, Will. Let's start with family cemeteries. Do you see those very much at all anymore? There are not as many of them, like in our air, just because we're in Quincy, but there are some, I mean, some of the smaller cemeteries in the county, you might see three in a little a little town, and there are some some family ones, and I know down like down by atlas illinois up on a hilltop there's the adams cemetery is this is this family cemetery 
So you do see those. And, and we have people that have lived in Quincy for 50 plus years that are, that have talked about, you know, they're probably going to stay here, but you know, they were debating because their family, you know, in, from over in South central Illinois had, you know, they have a family cemetery. And so they were debating, well, we're not sure we really want to go back there because our family's all here now. And, you know, so they, they still exist. They tend to be in the more rural areas. And so then on that last part, kind of sticking with the family concept and going back more specifically to Woodland Cemetery, uh, you have these areas in Woodland Cemetery where you see this concrete, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a little divider or a concrete like square, and, and those are family plots, right? Yeah, so a family would have bought, you know, a large section of graves and they put, you know, and you've there have been times where I've seen cemeteries that had fences. And I think when I was a kid, there were still a few fences up at Woodland. I don't see the fences as much, but you see that concrete footing around that family plot. And then some of those, you'll see a really big stone with the with just the family name on it. And then, you know, all the individual burials have the, you know, the family members names. And so that that's something that, again, you walk around Woodland enough, you'll see some history and traditions of how burials happened and, and cemeteries, you know, and what people did 150 years ago, just by walking through Woodland sometime, it's really a unique place to to go to. But but yeah, I mean, it, it was almost like that was how they manicured their area back then is they made, mm-hmm. they marked it off for their family and put the family stone and, you know, and at Woodland, it, you know, there are some, if you go around there too, you also see some bushes and things that have been planted that I'm sure some of those were planted by families years ago. Interesting. So what I'm hearing from you, Will, is that pretty much if if there's an idea or a thought that somebody has about a burial process, there's a probably a pretty good chance that you guys can figure it out if it's something unique. Yeah, we, you know, and we, we try to work with people on that. I mean, you know, if you have something that you're interested in, I mean, we can, we can help do the legwork and find out, is it going to be allowed or would one of the cemeteries allow something like this? And like I said earlier, I mean, Woodland Woodland seems to be one of the cemeteries that works with people on, on some of those unique ideas like that. Well, we can't uh, let you go without talking about the business. If somebody's interested and wants some information, is there a way they can get in touch with you? Yeah, our website's www.hansonspear.com, or they can always call us at the funeral home. It's 217-222-4907. We're stop in. We're on the corner of 16th and State Street. All right. Well, Will, thank you so much for joining us and giving us some of these answers to our what if questions. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate it. And it's been, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting topic for me. So I'm, I'm glad to, <laughs> I'm glad that others are asking these questions. You're, you're a little invested. <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> uh, and and kudos, kudos, Will. I know you and your family have all it just, you know, even the last 10 years, you guys have really become great. Uh, kind of making it less of a taboo topic. And it's, you know, nobody's getting out of here alive. So you might as well educate yourself, even though a lot of people don't want to have to talk about this. But it's almost a way for a final peace of mind for your loved ones not to have to make assumptions. And uh, that's valuable. And you can talk about it and you you can talk and investigate it when it's not an emotionally charged situation. And, and, you know, to me, that's a great way to do that, you know, to be able to talk about these subjects when you're not sitting in an arrangement when you've lost somebody because then you kind of have the chance to get that information and process some of that without going through the grief at that moment. You can make decisions and, and ask questions that, 
that you might have just normally. Do you, and actually you yeah. bring up a great question. I, I want to finish with this. So do you notice that a lot of times that when people are in that situation where someone has passed away and the preparations haven't been made, that they're more like, well, what do you think that they would want? I, I mean, you have the other family members saying, I don't know. I mean, is that happening a lot? It, it does. I mean, some people have talked about it, but I mean, it, you know, I have family members that, that have everything, kind of written out and planned out that this is these are songs they want this is what they want to happen this is the casket all of these type of details and other you know other family members you know and and some of them are spouses are the ones that have everything planned to the you know all the details kind of written down don't want to talk about it so the challenge right. then is yeah. you're coming in and you're thinking okay what song would mom want you know what songs would should we use would they want to be cremated or buried or what sort of casket or what all, you know, there are a lot of what ifs questions like what would what would they like? And and you're going to know some of those, but you're not you're not going to know everything if you if you never had a conversation. That's why we when we talk to people about pre-planning, again, you take that grief, stress, emotional scenario out of it and you're able to at least say these are things that are important to me. You don't have to plan every detail, but if there are certain things that are important, you can people ask questions like we've been talking today just to get information about so they can think about, well, what what do I want? Because I don't know. You know, but yeah. if I they ask questions and then sometimes, you know, it's six months later, come back and, and say, you know, these are some things that, that I want to make sure happen and want my kids to know that this is what I want. Sounds like the way to go. It's definitely it makes things a lot stressful towards the end. Well, Will, thank you again so much. We appreciate you coming on to Wild Quincy and then filling us up yeah. with all the information. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks again, Will, for coming on to Wild Quincy and filling us in. Traps, I feel like we gained... Uh, I couldn't have done that better myself. No, you know, I think it was a great call, Chris. You you did a lot. The major, frankly, you did all the lifting on on this episode, and uh, no, it was a great insight you had to to really pull back and figure and go to Will and get a lot of stuff. And, and in doing so, you discovered so much. Like you know, who would have who would have thunk it? <laughs> all those interesting yeah, facts exactly. you just dropped on us. Well, and that brings up the question, Travis, after after we've talked to Will about this, is there anything that really sticks out to you that you did maybe not have known? You know, there was terminology, and I won't do it justice, but I mean, some of the terminology he used for, like, what is a crypt and what is it called for, like, the cremation, I already, I've already forgotten. Uh, then the whole <laughs> fact that, you know, Burton Cemetery, you know, potentially you could get away with a more, like, green, and not that I'm a super green individual but it's just mm -hmm. who would have thunk that you know out there it's more potential um no there's just gosh there's it's a whole world that i think is so taboo nobody wants to think about but man if you really go and do a deep dive it's it's kind of eye-opening yeah and I, I i i really liked it when we were talking to will and you brought that up is that again that where you mentioned the taboo right. it's it is interesting that and I'm that way too. I don't really want to talk about that stuff because it's like it's like talking about your own mortality. You know, you don't really want to talk about that because you don't want to know when that day comes. You don't want to think about that. Yeah. But like like Will said, even and even from the fact of what we're doing with this, what if is that you know what? It's better to do it today because uh, you know who knows? Third, twenty years down the road. Uh, the wife or the husband may have uh, forgot that you said I wanted this spot. So if you do it all now, then you you can get some of those wishes. So I, yeah, I think it's it, again, it feels morbid. It feels wrong to, to do that stuff. But in all honesty, it's it's probably a lot, and it is a lot better to do that now instead of wait until it's too late. Well, he said it best. I mean, it's it's already tough questions. 
to answer, let alone in the midst of grief. He deals with this every day. And I mean, I think it takes a special person to be able to live in that world um, and, and offer that kindness and grace to those, you know, going through that. And, you know, I think a lot of time funeral directors kind of are unsung heroes in a lot of ways. And uh, mm-hmm. more power to him. Felt like there was a there was going to be a dad joke coming after that, but uh, yeah, no, no dad jokes on that one. Uh, but I, one thing I do want to point out real quick, and the one thing I asked you about what you found kind of interesting and and kind of caught you off guard. The one thing that caught me way off guard was that there's no room left in the public mausoleum yeah. at Woodland Cemetery. Yeah. Uh, boy. Then when you then you go back and think about it, six what sixty thousand people in there. Yeah, I mean, it starts making sense. Not in the mausoleum, in the whole cemetery. I know, but they, they probably filled up that first, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. it's like he did say it's like where the parking spots he... at. You know, you know, it was got to go a little further out, right? I do believe he said that there may be some families that have uh, some available still that have not been filled, and so there may be an occasion where one of them comes up for sale if somebody would want to purchase one. But from a public standpoint, from them to go and actually purchase it, there's none available from that standpoint. Also, something that Will and I talked about before uh, we did the actual interview, and I don't think we really hit it up that much, is talking about is if you want something unique out there at Woodland Cemetery – say you want to do something that's a little bit out of the norm, say maybe even a private mausoleum, is that it is possible, which he did mention, but I don't think he talked about that there's a little bit more of a process involved with that. And the caretaker at Woodland can't necessarily say, yeah, do it. There's a process of going through the board and getting the approval for that stuff. But in general, as you can tell from the history and what you see in Woodland already, is that more likely than not, if you got something unique, they're still going to need to approve something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think the the uniqueness of all the different stones out there have really made just this interesting cross-stitch of time and, and traditions. And, I, you know, I won't say that some cemeteries are less interesting, but, I mean, a lot of times the cemeteries have a lot of regulations on flat headstones or no headstones. Yeah. And, you know, it, you know, it's a great place for those who just see that as a place to mourn. But there's not as much, like you said, texture in, in historical context. And, and uh, boy, there's just something to that that, I, you know, mm-hmm. I think kind of gets lost sometimes. We should have asked if there was height restrictions because now I'm thinking I don't want like a 60 foot tall. I was just, when I was literally in there like a week ago. I was trying to figure out which one was the tallest. I'm like, which hmm. guy is like, you know, it's it always goes down. What's the biggest, right? And yeah. I'm trying. I was trying to like just kind of eyeball it. I'm like, man, I don't know. It'd be interesting to get get the old uh, yardstick <laughs> out there. Do you think there was people back in the day that were like, well, R- Phil over here, he he thinks he's got all big and bad with his big tall. Oh, you know there were. Uh, he's like, that's not gonna work. There his will- had to be. Three inches tall or something like that. Always be a pissing contest. <laughs> it's all. It's like skyscrapers, man. I mean, yeah, you always got to beat the next person. Got to get that one sure. up. So that is a look at our first ever. What if you want to get buried at Woodland Cemetery? We'll have more after this on Wild Quincy. <laughs> I'm Don Keogh, president of the Coca-Cola Company. When we brought you the new taste of Coke, we knew that millions would prefer it, and millions do. And we knew that it would beat the taste of our major competitor, and it does. 
What we didn't know was how many thousands of you would phone and write asking us to bring back the classic taste of original Coca-Cola. Well, we read and we listened, and you know the rest. They're both yours, the new taste of Coke and Coca-Cola Classic. Your right of choice is back. Traps, we're still sticking on those ideas of national ads, and uh, I want to start out with this. I, I had to do some research on none other than New Coke, and out of the gate, this is actually coming from CocaColaCompany.com. Okay. They have the first sentence uh, talking about the uh, what's the title of this story is the story of the one of the most memorable marketing blunders ever. In <laughs> uh, the first sentence goes, to hear some tell it april 23rd 1985 was the day that will live in marketing infamy that's that's a heavy setup yeah so uh, i guess i'll start with this travis do you remember new coke no i you know i think i was a little i just missed it i think how about you well i would have thought the same but as I've done some digging in this, they changed that around and brought back regular Coke and original Coke pretty quick. And I think, doesn't the Coca-Cola can still say original Coca-Cola on them now? I think they do. You know, I, I faintly remember from childhood the whole, I think there was a design change too in the can. Yeah. And there was always Coca-Cola classic. You know, why else would you say classic? If you weren't trying to recover from the blunder of New Coke. You know. Oh, yep. There it is. Classic. Yeah. Yep. That's it. I just pulled up a, a current can that says Coca-Cola Classic. I mean, yep. my, my, my biggest sticking point is the Crystal Pepsi, which maybe we'll visit that one on another day. But <laughs> I don't have that. I don't now, feel I, like I have that taste difference in my head. Crystal Pepsi was one of those where you tried it once and you thought, I'm throwing this away before I finish it. Yeah, in my opinion. no, I, I don't remember if I finished it, but yeah, it was definitely like a gather around the table, kids. We're going to see what this is all about. So the reason why I said that I'm not I'm not totally sure if I've had new Coke or not is because of this thing that I found. As I've mentioned, it was released in 1985. However, Coca-Cola didn't discontinue selling it till July of 2002. Holy cats. Yes, they changed it from New Coke to Coke Two. I don't remember that. And they at were all. still producing it until two thousand. That ring any bells for you, Coke Two? No, it didn't. Maybe it never made it around here. It might not have. Huh. It's crazy that they had that and it lasted that long. Yeah, it sold until it's that was until nineteen ninety two. Then it was renamed Coke Two, and um, yeah, there's a there, and it had a lot of backlash too because. If you know, and I've always thought this was so weird. It wasn't until I was probably in my early 20s that I realized this. We call caffeinated beverages. Okay. Okay. We refer to them as soda mm -hmm. here in the area. The proper terminology. Exactly. Exactly. But I was, it was my early 20s when I realized that when you go to the South and the South East, it's Coke. Yeah. Coke yeah. is their soda. Any dark soda. Yeah. Yeah. It's Coke. And so... What happened in 1985 and the years following that with New Coke is that there was so much backlash from people living in the South, so much and so that they went as far as, as saying that uh, it was going back to the Civil War and the Yankees taking over. Huh. <laughs> 
Yeah, surrendering to the Yankees, to be more specific. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, it was it, it, there was a lot of backlash. And I did find the other real interesting thing here was it says here, Pepsi-Cola took advantage of the situation, as you should. Oh, sure. By running ads in which the first time Pepsi drinker exclaims, now I know why Coke did it. Because Pepsi was better. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Good play on their part. So, is is it? Does that indicate that the new Coke flavor was more akin to the Pepsi flavor? Is that kind of what, what I'm reading between the lines there? With Pepsi, yeah. No, what Pepsi's trying to say there is that the old Coke wasn't nearly as good as Pepsi, so they had to make a new Pepsi to try matching uh, okay. the taste of how good Pepsi actually Interesting. is. Yeah. Yeah, what about let us know what you think. Did did you have new Coke? Did you have the old Coke? What what what's your what's your Coke habit these days? Yep, that's that's a good question. Let us know. We are uh, willing, uh, wanting to hear from you. And speaking of hearing from you, it's time to bring in the golden pipes. And now, it's time for Words of Wisdom from Adams County. So, Travis, are you ready for some of this wit and wisdom from our forefathers and foremothers? I'm never ready, but I'm always leaving me thinking about it. <laughs> well, we're going to go to our new Patreon member, Matthew Brogdon, who also gave us a number on our list, which uh, we asked for a few weeks ago on our Facebook page. Make sure to check that out if you haven't done so already. But we're going to turn to a section, a different section this week called Poultry and Eggs. Mm, which one came first, Chris? I don't know. Maybe we'll find out in this question. But uh, So here it is. The number is 1776. And here is what it says. The crowing of a rooster early in the morning indicates that you're going to have company. Words of wisdom from Adams County. Huh. I'd be real curious to know which days they don't crow in the morning. I know. What's your, did you, you had chickens. Did you have <laughs> roosters, Chris? No, we Just didn't. Hens? But you know that you don't want roosters if you have laying hens because they put little red dots in the eggs. Ah, right. So you don't you don't have roosters, but you could still have roosters. Somebody's and somebody's totally going to disagree with what I just said. But uh, yeah, so that is the wit and wisdom. I mean, they're not all going to be cherries, people. Well, I believe everything <laughs> you say in that book, Chris. I just have that. Being, it's, it's it's the law. We we had some very smart. Um, forefathers and foremothers. I'm still working on the lactation tip, but... (laughs) Yeah, by the way, uh, if you haven't listened to the last episode, it was in lactation and nursing. It was probably the weirdest one in all the time that we've done this. If you haven't listened to it, listen to it. We still haven't got a response yet on what the heck... On more than one occasion, I'll wake up at two in the morning just thinking about that (laughs) weird, weird thing. Yes. Yes, so check that out. It was in the last episode right here on Wild Quincy. But Travis, as uh, we get ready to wrap up, there is one piece of the puzzle that we have remaining, and that is the question of the day. Mm, I got a surprise for you, Chris, but go ahead. Refresh my Uh memory. So here's the question. What year was the first mayor elected in Quincy? Was it 1830, 1835, 1840, or 1845? Travis, you seem confident in knowing what this answer is. Do you want to give it a shot? Had I not been already researching similar things, Chris, I actually have the exact list of all mayors of Quincy, and including the first mayor, who I was surprised to see was not John Wood. I just figured mm-hmm. that was automatically going to be his baby. Didn't happen till the third go-round. But in 1840, 
is the answer to that one, Chris. Ding, ding, ding. Correct answer by Travis. Not, we'll put a mark on the tally. None other board. than old Ebenezer Moore, the first mayor of Quincy. Not originally from the Quincy area, but in the 1840s, nobody was originally yeah. from the Quincy area. Yeah. He came out of Maine. He uh, was a lawyer as well as um, he moved to D.C. where he worked for the Treasury Department, became a banker later on in life. But uh, he takes the, the cake for being the first mayor in the city of Quincy. Travis, we're not going to be talking about all the history of mayors in the city of Quincy, but we're going to be talking about the history of one of them in the next episode. We are, and, and dare I say one of the most beloved mayors, Chris, in, in our memory, and in most, I would say. None other than Chuck Schultz, uh, I believe he's the 12 years, mayor of Quincy, 1993 to 2005. So many things happened during his, his time, his mayorship. And we can't wait to chat about you know some of the high notes, some of the some of the not the low notes, frankly, the good days, the bad days, and a lot of days in between. And we're going to get to the bottom of what was he doing before he was mayor. It seems like if you were to go and Google him right now, that's your starting point is mayor. But we we we're going to find out a little bit about you know what 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 led him down the political path and then some. It's going to be a great episode. It's our first people episode of this uh, new category that we have coming up, and we are again super excited for the new category and speaking with Chuck Schultz. That'll be coming up in two weeks. We'll have our Patreon episode coming up next week for you Patreon fans. And Travis, before we head out, uh, I feel like there's a phone number that we might have, but is there anything else we're missing? Uh, you know, just if you would like to touch base with us via voicemail or you can text, don't hesitate to give us a buzz at 612-666-9453. New Coke, old Coke, what'd you, what'd you think about uh, Woodland Cemetery? Where's your where's your dream uh, plot in the world? Yeah, you know what, what do you want done with your with with your uh, earthly remains? I mean, we're interested. Let us know. Let us Make know. Sure, we want to know people are listening. We have numbers, but we want to hear some voices too, guys. Or you can send us a text message. Literally, that text message comes to our phones like a normal text message. So we would love to have that conversation. Yeah, make those phones buzz. You know, hit it hard. 612-666-9453. We absolutely love to hear from you. And if you do want to hear more, realize that you can show your support and unlock a plethora of bonus content over on the Patreon side, and we look forward to seeing you soon in the future, Chris. That's going to put a wrap on this episode of Wild Quincy. For Travis Hoffman, I'm Chris Ketters. You've been listening to Wild Quincy. We'll catch you next time. Take care, everybody. Wild Quincy is released every other Tuesday and is produced by Chris Ketters and Travis Hoffman. Sound designed by Downdraft Sound and Editing and music by Travis Hoffman Music. I'm Bo Beecraft, and thanks for listening to Wild Quincy. Wild Quincy.